Welcome to the English Out Loud podcast, a podcast where I give you tips on how you can enhance your English speech. Isn't that a nice way to sum it up? I give you tips, your speech gets better. I like it. And today I want to give you tips about how you can talk about driving your car. You see, I believe I have a number of people who right now, as they're listening, are in the car. Right now, you're driving down the road. Some people aren't. Some people are in their kitchen. Some people are in their living room or maybe going for a walk, getting some fresh air. However, others are in their car, and I want to talk about how you can talk about being in your car. So... Let's consider these things. Cars, your ride, your set of wheels. I've spoken in the past about those words, your set of wheels. Here's another good one, your whip. You may hear sometimes Americans refer to their car or their ride as their whip. It, I have no idea where it comes from, but I kind of like it. I mean, I don't use it personally. And you don't have to use it. Most people don't call it their whip. But, I mean, hey, if you hear someone say, check out my new whip, now you know what they mean. They mean their car. It's not, a, not, not the weapon, but rather a car. Now, when you're in your car, I want to give a tip right off the bat. You're in your car. Here's a tip that I learned in my driver's education course for driving in a car. You want to have your lights on in the daytime. Now, people may think I'm weird. They may say, what is this guy talking about? Turn your lights on in the daytime? Yep. It reduces your chances of an accident. Lights on. And, uh, hey, you'll be driving a little safer. If you think about it, it doesn't hurt. It definitely makes you just a little more visible. And it makes you stand out from your surroundings. You've got... Bright lights glowing off of you. Maybe there's, you know, the sun's pretty bright too, but hey, try it. And if nothing happens, then I'm right, maybe. Isn't that interesting? The only way that you can tell if this works is if nothing happens, if you're safe. So give it a shot just to make sure you get home safe. Now, another thing that you want to consider with your car is to have your hands 10 and 2. Ten and two. What does that mean? To have your hands ten and two. Your hands? Each hand has five fingers. What does that have to do with ten and two? Well, nothing. The fact is, you want to have your hands on the steering wheel. At the two o'clock position, pretending that it's a clock. The two o'clock position. And the ten o'clock position. That position holding it like that i mean hey that's what we say that's kind of the standard driving position and we call it 10 and 2 so you got your hands 10 and 2 you got your lights turned on good stuff good stuff now regarding those lights something that gets a little bit confusing is that americans have a lot of different words for the lights around the car we can't just call them the lights because it's like, what lights? There's so many lights. Let's just quickly discuss what the names of these lights are. 
and how you can identify them easily. So the first lights that I was talking about, the ones that you want to put on in the daytime, those are your headlights. Headlights. The lights of the head of the car, they're in the front. Headlights. That's pretty basic. Everybody calls them headlights, as far as I know. I mean, I haven't heard any other names for those. Personally, I would call them headlights myself. So headlights at the front of the car. But then, you know when you flick that uh, little knob and your lights go super bright? We got a couple names for those. You could call them your brights. So literally just brights. I turn my brights on. Or you could say, uh, you know, turn your brights on. So your brights. Or you could also call it your high beams. High beams. We got headlights in the front. Not so bright. They're bright, but they're not too, too bright. But then you got your brights or high beams. And those are the real bright ones. And I want to say something real quick to everybody who's out there. You know when you're driving down the highway... And then the guy behind you's got his brights on as if you want to read, you know, as if you, he just thinks, maybe I'll provide them a little bit of light in case they've got a book. Well, if you're that guy and you're listening, just stop it. Just stop it. You don't need to drive right behind people with your high beams on. It is... It's an unpleasant situation to be, you know, the driver in the front when the guy behind you has his high beams on or his brights on. So, just a thought. Just a thought. A little PSA, public service announcement. Don't turn your brights on when you're right behind someone. I know we all know this. We've all been there. We've all been there when someone's done that. Don't do it to other people. Just don't. Now, the next thing that we want to consider after your brights, we want to talk about your blinkers. Blinkers. What? Well, blink is to say when you close your eyes and open it real quickly, you blink. And your blinkers are the lights that will blink to indicate that you want to turn. Those ones there, we call them indicator lights. Now, I know just as well, not every driver out there knows that these things exist. So I just want to point that out as well for all my friends who are listening, who are driving. You got your brights. Don't turn them on if you're right behind someone. And you got your indicator lights or your blinkers. And you do want to use these. We also call it a turn signal. So indicator light, blinkers, or turn signals. I suppose formally you would call it a turn signal. You have a turn signal in your car, make sure you use it. That's all I'm saying. Make sure you use it. Are you turning to the left? Well, let the guy behind you know. You know, and then the guy behind you, if he didn't turn his lights on, then good. Well, you know what? That's good. He did you a favor. He didn't turn his lights on. Now, you do him a favor, and you let him know when you're going to make a turn. So you want to... You want to hit that little knob down, let people know that you're turning, and just mosey on into the next lane. So the next lights that I want to bring up are what we call the four-ways. Your four-ways. This is when you press that button, and it makes all four of your lights turn on. 
All four of the lights around the car start blinking. And it lets everybody around you know that something's going on. We don't know what's going on. Something's going on careful around this car. You know, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, you want to give people that warning when you got to slow down. You know, you want to slow down. You put on those blinkers and people know they can go around you. Or if your car breaks down, it happens. Sometimes it happens. You put on your four ways just so that people can see, hey, somebody's there. You know, be careful. Somebody's there. Those are good uses of it. Now, in my opinion, a bad use of it is when you're on the highway at nighttime going 120 kilometers an hour. You don't want to put your blinkers on when you're going 120 kilometers an hour because other people who are also going 120 kilometers an hour are going to get a little distracted by you. I mean, they're going to look at you and say, like, why, why, do, why does he have his blinkers on? He doesn't need them on. At least I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, why do you got your blinkers on? I know you're there, like we're on the highway together, but turn them off. And if you're going to put them on, drive slow. You know, put them on and then go into the slow lane, drive slow. That's cool. That is a good idea. But if you just put them on and you're driving, you're kind of distracting other people on the road. So, hey, keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out. And avoid overly using your four-ways. Now, we've got a couple more lights to consider here. We've got some brake lights. Your brake lights are right. Well, they're what you get when you hit the brakes. And notice how I say that? Hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. So when you activate the brakes, you put your foot on them, you hit the brakes, your brake lights, bing, they, bright, they turn on bright red. They let everybody know this person is stopping. So now you've come to a halt. Let's consider some of the terms that you use when you come to a halt, when you hit the brakes, when you stop. So if you just hit the brakes, it just means you put your foot on the brakes, you stop normally. But sometimes you got to slam the brakes. Sometimes, uh, you know, there's something in the road that makes it so you got to slam the brakes. Whatever it may be, you got to slam them. That's when you, you just put your foot right down there and you slam the brakes and you, they're done. They're slammed. Now, sometimes when you slam the brakes, it's best to do this because you can avoid a collision. You can avoid a collision. Another word for a collision is an accident. We often just call it an accident uh, or a car accident, rather. We'll say a car accident. So suppose that you're driving to work and you, you say, oh, I was in an accident on my way to work. I was in a car accident on my way to work. Might mean it wasn't so bad. You know, an accident, accidents happen. It could just be what we call a fender bender. Your fender just being kind of the, the protection of your car. Little pieces of uh, metal that we use to protect the car. Just something that causes some dents in that, a small little bump, a fender bender. Nobody's hurt. And that happens, you know, everybody makes mistakes. And that's a car accident. That's what you imply when you say a car accident. That's it. Like, that's what people usually expect. If you say it casually like that, that's what people expect. 
Like a more intense word is collision. And that is a word that usually people will use to say uh, something was a little bit worse, a little more serious, or a crash. That's another word that when you say a car crash, that implies uh, maybe there's some serious repercussions here. Now, something that I need to let everybody know, because a buddy of mine was in a car crash recently. He was in an Uber, actually. Not to say anything bad about Ubers. I, I use Uber now and then. His Uber driver was crazy, apparently. How he tells it, he was in the back seat. And you see, I'm in Mexico, and here in Mexico, you don't need to wear a seatbelt if you're in the back seat. Like, they, they can't legally make you do it in the back seat. Unless they make that law, then they can legally make you do it. He's in the back seat, and the Uber driver decides he wants to start racing? Just starts racing a car that's beside him to see if he can merge into a lane first. And nobody wants to slow down. Both cars are going fast. Nobody wants to slow down. And, and as an Uber, you know, I get it. He might have been bored, and people get bored at their work, and they want to have a little fun. I know. Yeah, let's take let's take things seriously. This guy, as an Uber driver, come on, you don't you're not supposed to be racing. It's not a time to have fun. Anyway, he was racing because of this. The the one the other car got up ahead of him and sped off, whereas the Uber actually started spinning out of control. Notice the words I use there: sped off. He. Sped Bed, he moved very quickly, off, away, he sped off. Whereas the Uber spun out of control, started just spinning like a tornado, spinning, spinning out of control. Not a pretty situation on the highway. Now the driver in the front seat, he was getting by okay, I suppose. He had a seatbelt on. My friend in the back did not have a seatbelt on and he was not... In a good condition. The way he tells it, it was rather frightening. He is okay. He's a, you know, he was able to tell me the story. But the fact is, he said he didn't have control. And it was very uh, difficult to deal with the situation in which a car was going out of control. And he just had to move wherever the car moved him, essentially. He couldn't grab onto something and stay there. The car was just moving like crazy. A seatbelt, however, will hold you in place. So I just like to say another little PSA for all my driving friends out there. Front seat. Put on your seatbelt. Of course, put on your seatbelt. And in the back seat, put on your seatbelt or you may turn into a human ping pong ball. And that sounds like fun. Like in my mind, it does sound like fun, but I'll bet it really wasn't fun. To be a ping pong ball. Seatbelts, put them on. Put them on. Next tip that I got up here coming up is going to be what you say when you put on your seatbelt. You say, let's hit the road. Hit the road. Now, another thing that I said today is hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. Folks, this is just a quick message to remind you to subscribe to the Accent Training Podcast. If you haven't already, you don't want to miss a second of this accent training experience, and you want to be updated whenever I've got new content out for you. So if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe now.
is what you do when you slam the brakes. And then when you get going again, you hit the road. Hit the road, you begin driving. When you hit the road, we got some fun words to use for how you can hit the road. What, you know, how you can describe this. So when we're talking about hitting the road, not only do we hit the road, but when you hit the road, you gotta hit the gas. You hit the gas. Just like you hit the brakes. You hit the brakes, you hit the gas, you hit the road. This is to say we use it. We use the gas, we activate it. Activate the gas. Now if you hit the gas, and you really gotta get out of there, you might wanna floor it. You might wanna floor it. You might wanna put the pedal to the metal. Whoa, those are some fun things to say, eh? Descriptive, colorful types of words. These are what you wanna use in your daily life. Floor it. So that means, you know, you put your foot right down on the gas, right down until you hit the floor. Same thing with put the pedal to the metal. You put the pedal, being the gas pedal, where your foot is pushing, and you push it right down to the metal. You f push it to the floor. You floor it. Another word for floor it is gun it. You gun it. You just gun it. You know, it's like you just put the pedal to the metal and get out of there. Now, when you floor it, you are... Here's a funny thing that we say. You are peeling out. So suppose that you just peel out of somewhere or you just rip out of there. It's, to, it's what you do when you accelerate extremely fast and you take off like a bullet. You peel out or you rip out. And when you rip out, well, then you're going for a rip. And when you go for a rip, that means that you're just having a fun time driving fast. You're out for a rip. So, today I've had quite a few things to discuss here. A good number of things. Well, maybe I got a couple more tips. I'd just like to talk about tires now. Tires, because you're ripping around on your car and your automobile ripping about and you're using these tires. And you gotta replace your tires every now and then. They get worn down. And if you don't replace them, then they get real squeaky. But you wanna replace your tires every now and then. And the fact is that if you live in a northern place where you see heavy snow, I'm talking Russia, northern Europe, or northern United States, or Canada, if you live in Canada, you wanna make sure that in the summertime, in the fall, in the spring, you can have these tires, they call them all season tires. All season tires. Tires for all seasons. And uh, the fact is, this is all seasons in like California. You know, in all seasons in California, it's, the seasons aren't very intense. They can take some uh, water on the road, you know, they won't give out in that. And they can take nice hot desert roads, no problem. They could take a nice, maybe a light frost. Light frost on the road wouldn't hurt. However, when you get into a northern hemisphere winter, and I'm talking winter in Toronto, in my city, Toronto, or even worse, you know, Calgary or winter 
Up in Moscow. Jeez, imagine winter in Moscow. Oof. Winter in these places is intense. And you cannot use all-season tires in these times. If you use all-season tires, then you will end up joining the all-season tire club. Now, the all-season tire club meets every winter on the side of the highway after the first snowfall. I'm just letting that joke sink in. We refer to people who don't change their all-season tires in the winter. Eh, we call them the all-season tire club. It's kind of funny. The point is, all-season tires will not do the trick. You want winter tires. Winter tires have grooves that are made to let the snow pass through them. They're made to maintain friction on the ground. They're larger than regular tires. They're thicker than regular tires. You need winter tires if you're driving in the wintry abode of Canada or northern United States. So, some things to consider for anybody who lives in the U.S., anybody who uh, is planning on moving in the future to Canada, the United States, change your tires in the winter, or you can join the all-season tire club. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to be a member. Because it looks, those guys look silly. You know, we, I drive by there in my big winter tires and I say, ha, look at those guys. Look at them, they didn't change their tires. Oh, what were they thinking? And I say this, my mom is a proud member of that all-season tires club. She was for years until, well, until she got tired of hanging out on the side of the highway, I guess. I, I don't know. I'll ask her if she changes her tires. I think she does. She probably does. She must have learned by now. Anyway, that just about brings us to wrap things up for today. I am so happy that I have taken this opportunity to uh, record myself for my fine listeners to hear. I need to come up with a schedule, a weekly schedule, so that I can do this. The days I'm thinking, so I'm thinking to release things every Tuesday and every Thursday to have a release. And that'll be starting next week, considering Tuesday has already passed of this week. Starting next Tuesday, we will have Tuesday and Thursday releases of new episodes. How long will the episodes be? I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I like to do 20 minutes. Sometimes 10. Sometimes, well, I did one that one-hour episode for episode 21, and I do not regret it. That was fun, informative. I got to do it again. I'll do another hour episode sometime. Thank you for your time. I'm uh, glad to have such a, a growing audience around the world, a growing audience of people who take their English seriously and who want to enhance their spoken English skills. I'm very happy to connect with these people. Very happy to connect with you all. If anybody ever has any, uh, any topics you'd like to hear about, feel free to let me know, enoutloud at gmail.com. Hit me up there. I mean, I can't say that I can get through with everybody's topic that they'd like to hear about, but hey, I don't mind some suggestions. I want to get some common denominators. I want to know what 
you folk want to know. You know, I spend every day learning what people want to learn about. And I really enjoy that. But at the same time, hey, if I just got a couple emails and they said, this is what I want to know about. That doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt anybody. In fact, it helps everybody. It helps me because you give me a topic. Sometimes I just have a hard time thinking of a topic. It helps you because then you get your own personalized episode, kind of, sort of, because I'll address your needs that you need. Why not? You know, you're not paying me. We're just doing it for fun. We're just here for fun. This podcast, it's all for fun. It's all free. It's all for everybody. Unless you are paying me. If you're paying me for classes, then, well, just let me know in the class. Just let me know and say, hey, I'd like to know a little more about this, this, and this. And I'll take some notes and I'll get back to you at my earliest convenience. Anyway, I got to get going. I got a lot ahead of me this evening. I'm going to be opening a presentation in Spanish. My mother-in-law is uh, she's starting up her own business. She's got some fantastic business ventures on the go. And she's going to be giving her first Zoom video conference. I think it'll be around an hour-long conference. And she's asked me to open. She's given me this fantastic opportunity to, uh, to practice my Spanish, to maybe meet some interesting people over Zoom. Now, I probably won't meet anyone. I mean, it's Zoom. I'm not going to meet anybody. But I'll still, hey, I'll get my name out there, get to talk to some people, and I'll get to present in Spanish. And that'll be fun. I'm excited for that. I think that that is going to take a bit of patience, take a bit of skill on my part, but I'll be able to pull it off. A good little Spanish opening. Thank you for your time today. I'm going to go get to practicing my Spanish a little more. Thank you for practicing your English. Us linguists, we got to stick together, man. and Or, or woman, or person, listener. We got to stick together. We got to support each other because when we can communicate in languages better, then the world gets a little warmer, doesn't it? When you can communicate yourself better in English, then you have an easier time making friends. And then when you support your friends and you give them maybe just some tips if they're trying to learn another language and you, you don't have to teach them a whole language, you know, that's what they pay me for. But hey, I mean, you know, give them some, uh, some light tips on their grammar with another language or whatever. And you're helping them enhance their spoken language as well. And when we all do this together, well, the world becomes a better place, like I said. So have a wonderful day or evening or morning. And you'll be hearing much more from me in the coming days. Have a good one.